Welcome everybody to World Wrestling Fermentation. This is a fantasy booking professional wrestling podcast. My name is Byron McSweeney and my co-host is Kevin Fitzgerald. Wonderful. How you doing, man? Did you have a good weekend or a good yeah. week, I guess? Yeah, I had a good week. Uh, I'm on vacation, so that's nice. Um, I've already uh, I've already had a few beers leading up to our podcast, which is exciting. Um, as I was telling you before we started recording, uh, my uh, my uncle has a house up in Pennsylvania, and we went there for my uh, my cousin's bachelor party. And I asked him what beer he wanted, and he said Miller High Life and Rolling Rock, and you know, not what I would normally drink, but it's his bachelor party, so I brought up a couple cases. And uh, my uncle called me the next week and he said, you have to come over to my house because my vegetable crisper is full of Miller High Life. <laughs> so I uh, I picked up the Miller High Life and I've been slowly trying to just get rid of it. <laughs> just the... <laughs> um, well, that's cool. Hey, I had a question that I wanted to ask you. So like, because we talk about craft beer and everything, yeah. what... What would you say the craft beer scene is like in Connecticut, like around you guys? I know we've talked about it a little bit, but I just want to hear like your opinion on it. Uh, we have a really solid craft beer scene in Connecticut. Um, there's, I don't remember how many breweries there are, um, but there were pre-pandemic well over a hundred for you know a pretty small state. Wow. Um, just in the town we grew up in, Newtown, they opened two uh, two craft breweries in the past few years. Um, Reverie Brewing Company, uh, mm-hmm. which is right in uh, like downtown Sandy Hook. And then there was an old mental institution, Fairfield Hills, um, which is now uh, abandoned. But they opened up a craft brewery in there, which is actually beautiful, uh, called New Asylum. So oh, that's very cool. Yeah. How about, how I about knew a Reverie or Reverie. Yeah. Yeah. New Asylum opened uh, mid pandemic, but it's uh, apparently been pretty successful i haven't had a chance to check out many of their beers yet because uh you know they just started i I wasn't going anywhere during the pandemic so and uh but now that the restrictions are kind of lifting and the vaccinations are rolling out i'm hoping to to stop by there we actually just got a 50 dollars gift card there for our uh as a wedding shower present from katie so oh very um, cool yeah how about how about north carolina i know you've got your your one in wilmington but how's how's the rest of the, the state looking so Wilmington, or not just Wilmington, kind of North Carolina as a whole, has like one of the most underrated, I would say, scenes in the nation. Everybody kind of talks about, um, you know, Maine, Colorado. Vermont's a big one. Vermont, right, of course. So what's cool about North Carolina is like where I am in Wilmington, there's about 16 to 15 and it's like hard to figure out which one you want to go to on the weekends because they're all so good and Mm. not the case when it comes to things like this. But what's really cool about North Carolina is state, which is like mountains. We have um, um, Asheville, which is just, I mean, you can't, literally throw a rock and not hit six breweries it's insane oh wow um, they're really good um we'll go there usually at least once a year just to go and like just brewery hop around actually sierra nevada opened a brewery out there a couple of years ago and then oh, wow. quickly quickly after them new belgium opened up one and we oh, like nice. we like to describe the sierra nevada as um it's one of two things. It's either Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory for beer, or <laughs> or it's just 
like Disneyland for for adults because it's nice. ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, Wilmington has got a really cool scene. All the breweries kind of know each other; they all get along. And then, you know, across the state, we got Raleigh, Charlotte. All those places have really good scenes as well. So, I, I was just curious about what it was like up there compared yeah. to compared to. What are you drinking tonight? So tonight, uh, this is my first non-Connecticut beer. Um, I may, may, I may have made a mistake in picking this one because, as I mentioned, I've already had a few beers. But this is out of Buffalo, New York, uh, Thin Man Brewing. It is a 11.7% Imperial Stout known as Peanut Butter Jenkins. Wow. Um, so it is, uh, you know, in general, I like stouts, but I unless it's like St. Patrick's Day, I don't drink in Guinness. I usually don't drink more than one in a night. Um, mm-hmm. And this is very good, but it's another one where you really don't want to have more than one because it's very, very peanut butter forward. Uh, okay. It's not a particularly subtle peanut butter flavor, but it's, it's <laughs> kind of it's, a punch in the face. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice, though. I mean, I enjoy it. Um, you know, it'd be like a nice, good, good beer to have like uh, after dinner. It's kind of like a dessert course. Um, but yeah, I, the name caught me. I was, uh, I'm actually in Pennsylvania right now, and there's a, a beer distributor that also sells like candy and fresh roasted peanuts um i love it <laughs> yeah it's really cool and they uh they have a section of like you know harder to find stuff uh so i, I went through and i picked up a few things from there and you know the peanut butter drinkings I, I like peanut butter stouts um so that is that is what i'm drinking tonight that's awesome that's really cool. Well, I'm actually drinking my first North Carolina beer on this <laughs> on this podcast. So mine, I'm gonna open it real quick. Mine is called Steez, S-T-E-E-Z, Steez. Um, this is from New Anthem Brewing. This is my kind of go-to in Wilmington. Like I said, it's kind of hard to figure out which one you want to go to. Um, we tend to go to this one a little bit more often. Actually, we had. My oldest son, Mark, we had his first birthday party there. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So this is going to be one of their semi-regular ones. They release this probably about four to five times a year. Uh, It is a IPA. It's a hazy. It's got Citra, Mosaic, and I'm pretty sure Simcoe in it. Citra, Mosaic, and Simcoe. I'm pretty sure that's what it's got in there. So I'm a huge fan of the hazies, as you know. Like I did the 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 Treehouse beers recently, and then I'm doing this one tonight just to stick with that IPA train. But I'm gonna get off of that here shortly to uh, kind of diversify, like you are with your peanut butter stout. I might do a lager, or even maybe a seltzer next week to really mess mm. it up. <laughs> There's a uh... Uh, a pretty big brewing company in Connecticut called Two Rows. I'm sure you've heard of it. I have, uh, yeah. But they just released uh, hops-flavored sparkling water. Oh, I've heard of these things. Which I'm not particularly interested in trying, but um, somebody... I mean, maybe I'll try it just to review it, because I have no idea what it would taste like. But uh, it is zero calories, I guess, so there's that going for it. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of a few of these uh, brewers doing stuff like that. And Somebody did... Uh, juicy hazy new england non-alcoholic and i was like well what's the point yeah seriously <laughs> well in the same town that two roads is in there is uh it's athletic brewing company which does all non-alcoholics uh which is supposedly pretty good but that's interesting yeah that's cool interesting um we can move on we can do our our collectible yep um 
I'm actually going to – I'll start this one because I didn't do a collectible this week because I'm kind of um, going through what I want to do next. But I do have a cool wrestling story that I'm going to run through real quick. So I kind of mentioned it in one of the past episodes where I went to – WWE's version of ECW's December to Dismember. Um, <laughs> it was awful. I'll, I, I'll, I'm going to give you short form right now. One day we might have to do an in-depth like watch along or something because it was that bad. And it's only like 45 minutes. So it's, it's really okay. Um, but we went, me and my buddy Stefan went. And we went for the sole purpose because I was a huge CM Punk fan at the time. And I really just wanted to see him live. It was the closest that they were getting to us. It was a pay-per-view. It really, I don't know. I don't know. I thought maybe that could be like his night or something. Um, So we got fifth row seats. It was a elimination chamber. It was an extreme elimination chamber. And I held up a sign that said down with punk since 02. Um, I forget what year. December to this member was but I've been a fan of his for a long time followed him on the indies and um, he actually saw my sign and you can kind of tell watching it back like he actually like looks through the ropes through the pod through the elimination chamber and like just kind of points at the sign and I'm like freaking out obviously that's great fast forward to the end of the show me and my buddy always do this we walk around back we want to see if we can meet any wrestlers Um, we really mark out when we go to these things um and we were watching as Big Show was getting on his bus. And we were probably in a crowd of about 50 people. And I was like, okay, like I've seen Big Show before. No big deal. And everybody's like screaming his name and everything. And I turn around and I see CM Punk walking across the parking lot. And without like alerting anybody, like I just kind of tap my buddy. I'm like, hey, follow, follow me. So we walk slowly up to him. And he was actually dating Maria at the time, Canellis. Mm-hmm. And walk straight up to him, and he actually says, like, oh, you guys are the guys with the sign. And I'm like, yeah, like, absolutely. And he's like, hey, like, super cool dude, first of all. He was like, hey, like, I kind of messed my shoulder or my elbow up, I forget. He's like, so we can take a picture, just, like, be easy on my left side. Absolutely, definitely. Um, Maria was actually adorable like she was so sweet to us it was ridiculous she like kissed my buddy on the cheek in the picture um she was just really cool he was super cool he i actually bought my first cm punk t-shirt that night and he signed it for me and i still have never worn it i have actually gotten a lot fatter since then too so i will never wear it (laughs) um but just a really cool like will forever go down in my memory is one of my probably my favorite like uh, wrestling moments in my in my life, but I thought that was a cool story that I would like to share. Uh, maybe another time I'll talk about that same night. Sabu asking me for any sort of drug that he could get his hands on, but again, <laughs> that's a different that's a different time. Yeah. Um, and next week I'll get to the back to the collectibles because I got a cool one that I know I want to share with you guys. So what do you got this week? So I got one you inspired me um, <gasps> last time talking about the uh, you know the ECW San Francisco Toymakers stuff. Um, so I splurged a little bit. Um, it was, uh, well, maybe a little bit more than I would want to pay for it. Not nothing like that's going to break the bank or anything, but I did pick up the trading card of new Jack from the San Francisco toy makers, ECW set. So I didn't get the action figure itself, but I did get the card. Uh, it's in pretty good shape. You know, it's got the cards have the rounded corners. So it's, uh, it's kind of hard to mess those up. Um, Mm -hmm. 
but that's definitely one that I will be sending off to uh, SGC, which is my preferred third-party grading company. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I just uh, it's I've been on a New Jack kick lately. Um, I I, I, <laughs> I wore his T-shirt yesterday, um, the memorial T-shirt that they made on Wrestling Tees for him to help you know pay for the funeral expenses. And right. Such. And it, it, it looks very much like a New Jack t-shirt, so it, my mom was like, what the heck are you wearing? Um, <laughs> it's got, like, it's just, like, a collage of his of his photos and, like, uh, bullet holes in them, and, you know, it's the original gangsta. Um, <laughs> so just continuing my New Jack kick. Um, and I actually watched his, and I'm going to, I guess I'm going off on a little bit of a rant, but I did watch his it. debut on Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Um, oh, nice. And he cuts, they just added it to the WWE Network, and he cuts like a crazy promo i was showing it to to katie my fiance and she was like oh my god what is he doing <laughs> um yeah because well, there, there was that, that. Of, like yeah the race baiting angle and stuff so like he was just not um he was not holding anything back and i you know it was it was it was pretty cool i forgot how good of a promo he is too so oh definitely he could always cut a good one i look forward to him and abby as well it's yes <laughs> i think about it at least once a day like when i think about <laughs> world wrestling fermentation and like how I want to do some stuff and some storylines. And I'm just like, I wonder what he's going to do with Abdul this week. <laughs> yeah, well, he's in it this week, so. Oh, <laughs> I would be disappointed if he wasn't. Yes. <laughs> well, that's really cool. I like both those. Uh, uh, and I'm glad that you got the uh, the T-shirt as well. And and before we get started, we're going to give a big happy birthday as of yesterday to Terry Funk. Uh, yes. He turned 77, which I feel like he's turned 77 for the past 20 years. Yeah, but. I feel like he was 77 when he was you know, wrestling in ECW <laughs> main events. Oh, man. I love it. I would like text like all my wrestling buddies yesterday. I was like, I mean, today should be a national holiday. Let's be real. <laughs> and one guy that I've, uh, I'm actually going to an AEW show with in a couple of weeks, he goes, dude, like you're preaching to the choir. I just got a cat like a week ago and I named him T- <laughs> of course you did. Well, all right. Let me get set here, and then we are gonna go. We are gonna start with Chill Haze first this week. I'm ripping off the band aid. All right, let's do I know this. It needs to happen, and I gotta get. I had the wrong music queued up, so here we go. Make sure it doesn't play right now. All right. Got my notes. All right, here we go. All right. Come on. Welcome, everybody, to week two of Chill Haze. It's Tuesday night. You know what that means. I still haven't gotten John Moxley any good music. So John Moxley is headed to the ring and he is pissed. He grabs a microphone and he screams, CM Punk, Tommy End, get your asses out here. CM Punk's music plays and him and Tommy walk out to the end of the entranceway. Moxley says, you two want to team up and beat me? You want to form an alliance? Well, I know all about alliances. Whether it's being part of one of the biggest factions of all time in the Shield or fighting against the one like the Elite. Punk and Tommy are just standing there. Moxley says, 
Oh, and you, punk, you bitch, Philip, Mr. Radio Silence. The beep up. Why don't you say something? Tell me. Tell me why you did what you did last week. Tell me, Philip. Come on, Phil. Just then, the lights go out in the arena. When they come back on, CM Punk and Tommy End are still standing at the entrance. Moxley's confused. What the hell was that? Behind Moxley, though, is a man dressed in all black in a black ski mask. This man is huge, and Moxley doesn't know he's there. The man with that Billy Club, he nails Moxley with it. The man is just bludgeoning Moxley over and over again. This man is enormous, and he's completely destroying Moxley as Tommy End and CM Punk enter the ring. The man picks up Moxley and hits him with a huge spike. Moxley's hurt. And he's getting the paramedics getting him out of the ring. Punk looks at the man in the mask. The man slowly pulls the mask off and reveals Brody King. Brody King is with CM Punk and Tommy and commercial break. That's a hell of a faction. I am looking forward to with this one. I kind of uh, of what it was going to be, but all right, all right, good freaking times, man. All right, segment two. Backstage, we see Moxley getting loaded into an ambulance. He looks really. From his mouth. As the doors close and the siren starts, the camera catches as someone is walking by. Who is that? It's it's Kevin Steen. Kevin Steen is walking at backstage. He stops. He turns around and says, are you coming? As El Generico comes behind him, Steen and Generico are headed to the ring for their for the very first tag team match in Chill Hayes history. They're in the ring and they're waiting for their next competitors, their first competitors, as the music hits and come on, come on. That's right, it's Bruce Springsteen, born in the USA as Eddie Guerrero and Jerry Lynn head to the ring. That's right. It's the new Los Gringos Locos. They are, they are decked out in red, <laughs> white, and blue tights and patriotic jackets. They come out to a huge ovation and they get into the ring. The match starts and it's Jerry and El Generico in the ring. They trade moves back and forth, back and forth until Generico gets the upper hand. He wrenches on Jerry's arm as he climbs the ropes and goes for an old school type tight rope walking maneuver, all while still holding Jerry's hand. Generico jumps off with a. <laughs> Segment three. <laughs> Segment three. Eddie Guerrero is tagged in just as we come back. Eddie is receiving a huge ovation. He stops. He breathes it in. The crowd chants, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Generico tags in Steen, and Steen is all business. He's not having any of this. Eddie and Steen are going move for move as Eddie catches Steen in the three amigos suplexes. 
Cut to later in the match. Eddie tries to take advantage of the th- of uh, having Steen down and climbs to the top rope for this frog splash. But Steen gets up and catches Eddie in a superplex. Eddie is down and hurting, but he manages to get the tag to Jerry. Steen rushes as Jerry hits a sunset flip for a two count. Steen tags in Generico as all four men go face to face in the ring. They start nailing each other with punches as Eddie and Steen brawl to the outside. Eddie whips Steen into the guardrail. Generico with a tornado in the ring. Generico is dazed as Eddie drills Generico with a package pile driver. No, it was supposed to be a uh, what's Jerry's finishing move? A cradle pile driver. Eddie climbs to the top rope as Jerry pulls Generico into the middle. Two, three, your winners and first, your winners of the first tag team match in Chill Hayes history, Los Gringos Locos. (laughs) Commercial break. Fantastic. (laughs) All right. This beer is also apparently extremely carbonated, so I kept like keep burping. So, all right, here we go. Segment four. Segment four, we come and we see Johnny Gargano taping up his wrist as Tommaso Ciampa walks into the locker room. Tommaso says, are you ready, Johnny? Johnny looks up at him and says, Ciampa, last week I was humiliated by Walter, but this week he will be the one humiliated. They walk out of the locker room and into the hallway they see Finn Balor. Finn wishes them luck and says he's rooting for DIY. DIY make their entrance. Walter's music hits and he comes out. He stands at the top of the stage as the announcer presents his mystery partner. It's Christopher Daniels. The crowd is fully behind DIY as the match starts. Johnny and Daniels begin, but soon Daniels tags in Walter and Johnny's tone in the ring changes. Johnny goes on the attack, but is met with a clobbering blow by Walter, and soon Johnny escapes to the outside. Commercial break, segment five. We come back from break, and Daniels is in the ring with Johnny. Walter and Daniels have closed off the ring to DIY, and Johnny is in real trouble. Daniels tags Walter, and Walter gives Johnny some cross-face blows that bust Johnny's nose open. Walter is just toying with Johnny at this point, saying, Go tag him, Johnny. Go tag him. All while standing. So Johnny cannot go anywhere. But just then, Johnny gets a burst of energy, and Walter falls to his back as Johnny pulls his legs out from under him. Johnny almost tags Tommaso, but Daniels pulls him from the apron. Johnny is stunned as he's watching his partner and his foe fight towards the backstage area. Walter capitalizes and hits Johnny with a big chop to the back of the neck and then hits him with his huge powerbomb. Cover, one, two, three. Your winners, Walter and Christopher Daniels. After the match, Walter picks up the bloody Johnny for another powerbomb. 
But Finn Balor makes the save again, hitting Walter with a sling blade and sending him to the outside. Finn checks on Walter. Finn checks on Johnny, who's in a real bad way. Commercial break. Segment six. Us at Chill Haze are excited to announce our first ever pay-per-view will be taking place in three weeks. The name of the first pay-per-view is Last Brawl. We have a quick update on John Moxley. He is currently in the ER with a concussion and a few broken ribs. We hope Moxley has... Now we want to get to the ring. What? What's that music? Oh, that's... Adam Cole's music is playing as he enters the ring. And he says, Adam Cole, baby. His opponent, though. It's a match. <laughs> his opponent walking out to his demonist music is Killer Cross. Cross walks down the aisle. Cross gets in the ring. Cole looks cocky, but he looks ready for a fight. Cross attacks before the bell. He hits Cole with some hard blows before he can get away from it for a bit. The bell rings. Cole manages to hit a shining wizard to cross for a two count. Cole gloats to the crowd. Adam Cole, baby. But only to be caught by a vicious back drop driver suplex. Cross goes for a cover. But Cole kicks out at two. Cross picks him up again and hits another backdrop driver suplex. One, two, three. Your winner, Killer Cross. Cross definitely means business in the world wrestling fermentation. We go to a commercial break. We come back for segment seven. The lights dim on the arena as Charlotte Flair and Bailey walk to the center of the stage they look to the opposite side of the stage as Britt Baker and Ty Conti enter all four look at the look down the aisle to the ring as a spotlight is shown upon the women's world championship of chill haze the management of chill haze present the four founders of our women's division these four women will compete in a four-way dance for the women's championship at last brawl. All right, we're going into a commercial break. I have to have music queued up for this next one. Get out of here, you silly. You silly ads. <laughs> All right. We come back from commercial break. We're backstage again. But there's nobody, there's nobody there. Enter Kenny Omega. Kenny looks at the camera and says, he is the best. So the smartest. He's not going to get involved with what he's seen happening so far. And Punk. He also watched Brian, Daniel Bryan and Samoa Joe last week. And he was impressed. But he's also going to be front row tonight for Okada versus Nakamura. He's scouting out the talent of Chill Hayes to see who he wants to beat. He hasn't wrestled yet because he gets a bye. 
he gets to ch- he gets to charge you to watch his matches. The first time you see Kenny Omega wrestle is going to be on pay per view. Last brawl will be Kenny Omega's debut. As Kenny's promo ends, a video package plays. What's this music? The music plays, and all of a sudden, on the screen appears a black heart. The heart slowly starts to crack in half with blood trickling out of the crack. The screen goes completely black. The word Omega appears until a red crosses it out. Who is sending this commercial break? I like that. It's a nice cliffhanger. <clears throat> thank you. Thank you. I'm also watching a Terry Funk match from Japan right now, and it's a barbed wire <laughs> match, so things are about to get interesting. <laughs> all right. Segment nine. Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano, and Ciampa are all backstage. He apologizes to both men for getting them into this mess. He admits he's in over his head, but he says he's not done with Walter. He says before the tag match tonight, he asked for a rematch with Walter for next week, and it was approved. Johnny, you need to slow down. Chill Hayes is our new home. Walter isn't worth it. Finn interrupts and says, Johnny, you do what you have to do. Johnny agrees with both of his friends, but his, his mind is made up. Next week, Walter versus Gargano 2. Commercial break. All right, segment 10. Shinsuke Nakamura is headed to the ring. He doesn't seem nervous at all. He's actually ready for a battle. Okada follows and has a look of determination on his face. Okada stops halfway down the entrance ramp as cannons explode and real money flies into the air. Fans are picking up fives, tens, twenty, even a hundred dollar bills. Nakamura is not phased in the ring. He seems actually really relaxed. The match starts, ding, 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 and we are a few minutes in as Nakamura sends Okada into the corner. Okada tries to counter, but Shinsuke counters with a huge knee strike to Okada's jaw. Shinsuke places Okada across the top rope corner and charges with his rising knee lift. Okada is sucking for air as we go to commercial break. All right, segment 11. We come back and Okada has the advantage. The two men battle on the outside as Okada hits a cross body block over the guardrail onto Nakamura. Okada gathers himself and breaks the 10 count from the ref. He picks up Nakamura and puts him back in the ring. Okada maintains control of the bout. Hard. Nakamura mounts a final burst of energy only to be met by an Okada drop kick. Okada picks him up by the wrist and he has a slingshot. He hits him with the slingshot lariat. The rain maker. That's it. It's over. One, 
two. No. Nakamura. Okada still has wrist control for another Rainmaker. But Shinsuke ducks and hits Okada with the Shinzazu. Cover. One. Two. No. Okada kicks out. Shinsuke picks up Okada again. But Okada hits him with the Rainmaker Lariat. One. Two. Three. Ding, ding, ding. Your winner. Kazuchka. Okada. After the match, Okada stands supreme as he looks over the the destruction he just endured. But wait, just then, Brody King hits him from behind. Okada starts to fight back, but Brody lands a headbutt, followed by a spike pile driver. Nakamura and Okada are both motionless in the ring as Brody King, Tommy End, and CM Punk stand over their bodies. Tommy hands Punk a microphone. Punk raises it to his mouth as the crowd boos. Boo! You suck, Punk! You He opens his mouth and he's about to speak. Punk drops the microphone and the show ends. Yeah, it's a good show. I told you, man, I'm bringing the heat. <laughs> I know. I like, I like, I love the punk uh, stable you got going. Uh, El Gringos Locos. That was, I did not see that coming. That's for sure. Uh, but I love it. <laughs> I'm interested in the, who's, who's going after Omega. Um, yeah, I like what you, I like what you're doing with your roster. Thank you. Thank you. Oh gosh. Eddie Guerrero is the Patriot and like patriotic garb is just fantastic. <laughs> To that, yeah. that is i'm looking forward to what you're going to do with them too because that has a lot of potential both as great matches and with great comedy so yeah <laughs> i, I hate it a little bit that i could <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was good awesome all right man let's see it all right episode two whiplash so our theme song is playing Show goes on, Lupe Fiasco. It's time for Tuesday Night Whiplash. Pyro's going off. The crowd's going wild. They can't wait to see what's going to happen. Here comes Andre the Giant and Paul Heyman making their way to the ring to explain themselves after their alliance in the main event battle royal from last week. Heyman has a microphone and he says, my name is Paul Heyman and I am the business associate of Andre the Giant. I have spent a career building monsters and it is no different now that I am here at Whiplash. And while Andre may have a buy into the main event at Danger Zone for the Whiplash World Championship, remember that he had to defeat 14 of the greatest wrestlers who ever graced the squared circle to get that spot. Rest assured, Andre the Giant will emerge victorious at Danger Zone. And that's not a prediction. That's a spoiler. All of a sudden... Well, the breaking glass means it's Stone Cold Steve Austin is there and he's making his way out onto the entrance ramp. Stone Cold has a mic in his hand and he says, Paul, you and me have a long history. Andre, not so much, but once I beat up that bitch Chris Jericho in our main event, I'll give you an ass-whooping at Danger Zone, and that's the bottom line, because Stone 
Cold said so. More music, and that's that's Judas by Fozzy. Chris Jericho's nowhere to be seen. We don't see him. Wait, he's appeared on the Tron. He's up on the big screen. Chris Jericho's on the big screen. Son of a bitch, Steve? Did you call me a son of a bitch? You know what happens when you call Chris Jericho a son of a bitch? You know what happens when you disrespect Le Champion? Stone Cold Steve Austin, you just made the list. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear the clicky pen that I clicked I off when I did that. It's wonderful. <laughs> Austin responds, as far as I'm concerned, you can take that list and shove it straight up your ass. And if you're ready to see me take Chris Jericho's little scarf and wrap it around his neck, give me a hell yeah. Hell yeah. And they head to commercial break. All right, we're into segment two, and we found out that it's been announced that we will have a series of matches over the next few weeks between the three men fighting for the TV triple threat title match at Danger Zone. And the first of those matches is right now. Heading to the ring from San Antonio, Texas, the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. Though I feel like at some point in his career, he has to stop calling himself the heartbreak kid. He's like 60 years old. (laughs) (laughs) And his opponent. From Ghana, West Africa. Kofi Kingston. All right, so Kofi Kingston and Shawn Michaels start off. We've got some solid chain wrestling. Kofi and Michaels are trading high-flying maneuvers. Michaels gets the upper hand after catching Kofi in a side suplex for a two-count. Remember, that used to be his finisher once upon a day. He whips (laughs) Kofi into the corner and runs in with... (laughs) This is a terrible finisher. He he whips Kofi into the corner and runs in with a monkey flip, but Kofi lands on his feet. A dropkick from Kofi sends HBK over the top rope. Kofi heads up to the top turnbuckle and hits the trust fall on Michaels to the outside as we cut to commercial break. Uh, We're back from commercial, and Kofi's working over Michaels in the corner. He sends him flying with a big hip toss. Kofi's gearing up for the boom drop, but Michaels gets out of the way, and Kofi lands right on his tailbone. Michaels hits Kofi with a big DDT and heads up to the top rope. Michaels goes for the big elbow drop. One, two, no, Kofi kicks out. Michaels is now in the corner, and he's stomping his foot. He's warming up the band for some sweet chin music. He goes for a super kick, but Kofi ducks. Michaels turns right around into trouble in paradise. One, two, three, your winner of the match, Kofi Kingston. Kofi and Michaels are both exhausted after this match. Kofi helps Michaels up and offers him his hand. Michaels shakes it. What a show of sportsmanship here on Whiplash. All right, we go to commercial. Come back in segment four. We see a video package showing Mercedes Martinez walking out on Sasha Bank in last week's tag match. We know now that these two will have a match tonight, and that match is next. All right, coming to the ring. The boss, Sasha Banks. And her opponent... From Brass City CT, 
the rugged, thugged Mercedes Martinez. All right. Uh, the ref rings for the bell, but Mar- Mercedes Martinez has a microphone after the bells rang. What, what is this all about? Mercedes has the mic, and she said, I've already made it clear that my mind is singularly focused on winning that women's championship at Danger Zone. Why would I risk an injury a few weeks before the biggest night of my life? Sorry, Sasha, but you'll have to wait till Danger Zone to see me in the ring. Mercedes gets out of the ring and starts walking to the back. The referee's counting to 10. He gets to 10 and calls for the bell. The winner of this match via countout, Sasha Banks. Sasha looks furious. She wanted to get her revenge on Mercedes for abandoning her. Will Sasha ever get her revenge? All right, we go to commercial break. Segment five is in, and we have a video package showing Harlem Heat brawling with New Jack and Abdullah the Butcher during last week's Battle Royal. Sorry, you up the music. <laughs> Here comes New Jack down to the ring. He's accompanied by Abdullah the Butcher, his new tag team partner and enforcer. Crowd is going wild right now. The crowd is is going wild. Not they're they're mad at New Jack and Abdullah. <laughs> And his opponent from 110th Street in Harlem, New York, accompanied by his brother, Stevie Ray, Booker T. All right, so we have New Jack versus Booker T. The bell rings, and these two are not wrestling as much as they're just fighting. New Jack and Booker trading wild punches until New Jack gets the advantage. He sends Booker off the ropes and hits a big clothesline and starts stomping away at Booker T. New Jack heads to the top rope and looks for a big diving headbutt, but Booker rolls out of the way. Booker T goes off the ropes and hits New Jack with a big scissors kick. Booker heads to the top rope. Harlem hangover. One, two, three. Your winner of the match. But before the announcer can even say anything, Booker's, before he can even say that Booker T is your winner, all four men are brawling again. They're all throwing wild haymakers. Officials come out from the back to stop this, but there's no tearing these four apart. They brawl down the ramp into the backstage area as we head to commercial break. All right, we're back from the break with segment six. We have Charlie Caruso backstage. Charlie says, earlier tonight, we saw Mercedes Martinez refuse to fight Sasha Banks. We've just learned that there will be a rematch next week on Whiplash. And if Mercedes Martinez refuses to fight, she will be withdrawn from the women's title tournament. We have also learned, but before Charlie can make her announcement, Harlem Heat, New Jack, and Abdullah the Butcher brawl past her. The cameraman follows this wild brawl. They're in the catering area. Abdullah the Butcher has a fork, and he's driving it right into the head of Stevie Ray. Stevie's bleeding like crazy. New Jack picks up Booker and sends him through a catering table. The table's totally destroyed. Booker T's covered in lunch meats and cold cuts. We see Abdullah and New Jack run out of the arena into a running car and speed off. All right, we had to commercial break, and we have segment seven. The lunch meats got me. All right, coming to the ring, accompanied by his brother, Edge, Christian. All right, so Christian's coming down to the ring. And his opponent, 
<laughs> Coming down to the ring from Hawaii, accompanied by his new tag team partner, Ric Flair, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat. I want to get to that part of the song. <laughs> Before they start, Christian has a mic and he says, there may be some new teams here on Whiplash, but there's only one tag team that reeks of awesomeness. We were the first tag team selected and we plan to be the first champions. Then we will celebrate with an ice cold soda. Edge takes the mic and says, now more than ever, sodas rule. And for the benefit of those with flash photography... Edge and Christian complete their five-second pose. The bell rings, and we have Christian one-on-one against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. We have a strong mat wrestling contest here, as you would expect from these two men. Both men appear to be pretty evenly matched athletically. Steamboat goes off the ropes, but Edge trips him on the outside, allowing Christian to gain an advantage. Flair is yelling at Edge as Christian is stomping away at Steamboat as we head to commercial break. All right, segment eight. Christian's still in control here, and he's about to go for an unprettier but Steamboat pushes him off the ropes and hits a big drop kick to Christian. Edge tries to get involved on the ring apron, but Flair pulls him off and gives him some signature Nature Boy chops. Steamboat's chopping away at Christian inside the ring. We have double chops, stereo chops on the inside and outside. And then Steamboat lands a big body slam. He adds up to the top rope and hits Christian with his signature cross body block. One, two, three. Your winner of the match, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Steamboat wins, but Edge has a chair. Edge hits the ring with a chair, but Flair and Steamboat escape. Edge takes the mic and says, this isn't the end of this, old men. And we head to commercial break. All right, segment nine, we're backstage again with Charlie Caruso. Charlie says, as I wasn't able to complete my announcements earlier, I will do so now. It is now confirmed that at Danger Zone, we will see Edge and Christian take on Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat in a match for the Whiplash World Tag Team Championship. And after the wild brawl we just witnessed, we will see Harlem Heat take on New Jack and Abdullah the Butcher in a hardcore match. And now I will interview the man to my right, Cactus Jack. Cactus says, reunited and it feels so good. Reunited with Big Van Vader, one of my oldest foes. Last week I eliminated you from the Battle Royal and you came in and splashed me until I was unconscious. And guess what, Vader? It felt good. It felt good to go back to those days, Vader, to go back to the elbow drops on the concrete, to my head hanging from between the ropes, to the Vader bombs and DDTs. The pain felt so good. So, my old dance partner, we aren't done yet. Bang, bang! And we head to commercial break. Now we're back with segment 10. It's time for our main event of the evening. Coming to the ring from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, Le Champion, Chris Jericho. And as an opponent from the Skull Ranch in Texas, Stone Cold Steve Austin. All right, where are. Time for the main event. Ding, ding, ding. Jericho starts off with an eye poke to Austin to get the upper hand. Jericho's working over that knee of Stone Cold. That knee brace is getting stomped over and over again. Jericho has Austin's leg up looking for the walls of Jericho, but he can't quite get Stone Cold over onto his stomach. So he settles for a slingshot, sending Austin up and over the top ropes. 
Jericho goes to send Austin into the ring post, but Austin reverses it, and Jericho slams headfirst into the post as we head to commercial break. We're back from the break, and Austin's still in control. He hits Jericho with a side suplex. He waits for Jericho to get up and hits him with a big Fez press. He hammers away at Chris Jericho. Austin goes to drag Jericho up, but Jericho sneaks in a low blow and hits Austin with a big bulldog. All right, we're going to fast forward to the end of the match. we got a bunch of false finishes here. Nobody knows who's going to win. The crowd's going wild. Jericho has the upper hand, but he misses a lion salt. Both men get up at the same time. Kick to the gut. Stunner. One, two, three. Austin wins. Austin moves on to face Andre the Giant for the Whiplash World title at Danger Zone. Austin is celebrating his victory, but he's smashed from behind by Andre. Andre's beating the hell out of Stone Cold Steve Austin as Whiplash goes off the air. There we go. Nice. So I, I, know, I knew I would get you with the lunch meat. I didn't have that. I had that originally in the script and deleted it because I thought it was too silly and then decided that it needed to be in. <laughs> All right. Um, I have, sh- should we talk about shows a little bit? Yeah. A couple things about mine. I'm going to go to Jericho clicking of the pen. <laughs> That was, that was uh, the, my first pop of, of your show. <laughs> Jericho, List Jericho is my favorite Jericho. Um, yeah. I actually have a uh-huh. student who's, who's pretty shy. And uh-huh. uh, his uh, teacher introduced me to him. And he's like, uh, and he, he didn't really want to talk, but I knew he was a big wrestling fan. And I was like, you know what happens when you don't want to talk to me? And then he just started <laughs> cracking up, and we've been close ever since. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, I like what you're doing with Kofi. Yeah. Always a big f- go. go the yeah. Um, Mercedes is a badass. Yeah, I'm looking to do. I'm. I'm. I, I'm I have some some plans for her. Um, that yeah. I mean, it's always it's always weird to me. I just find it weird that heels really care about anything other than winning championships so why should we she care if like she gets counted out if she sells a title shot right yeah um uh, you are a fan of um brother tag teams <laughs> i am <laughs> i am <laughs> two of them are real brothers two of them are not <laughs> maybe not by blood but they're pretty yeah. much yeah um yeah no I, yeah go ahead Oh no! I was just gonna say I was gonna say I liked what you were doing with your show, but if you have more to say, go ahead. I got I have two more things. <laughs> um, one is just a, a creative note that you better do this. Um, <laughs> like on on our WrestleMania, uh, Cisco better walk Ricky down to the. Oh ring. <laughs> yeah, Cisco! If I have to draft him as a non wrestler to do it, I will do it for him to do a live performance. <laughs> Get a pass for special entrance. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then I I kind of forgot about the whole Jack and Vader thing. So when you brought that back up, I was I, I got a, I got a little excited about that one because that's really um, about probably about two years ago. I went back and kind of watched that feud again and saw like how freaking brutal it was. Oh my god, it was such good matches, but they were so brutal. Um. Yeah, I mean, I remember there's one match where they have where they throw, um, I think it's Vader throws Jack, like, over some guardrails. But, like, the guardrails, the way they're set up, like, 
Jack just keeps rolling over guardrails. <laughs> it just, just doesn't stop. It's like, no, stop. Just stop. That's kind of the built-in absurdity that I love about professional wrestling. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Um, yeah. Those, and then obviously Jericho and, and Austin. I'm, I'm always glad to see that. And uh, that was a good show, man. I enjoy it. Yeah, your show was great, too. Like I said, I, I, think I, I think I have an inkling as to who's coming after Omega, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, but if it's who I think it is, I'm very excited. Um, yeah, I think there's, there's so much you can do with that stable with, with Punk. Um, and I'm interested to see who Moxley can kind of recruit to be to be on his side in that one. Um, I, I, had, I had that um, stable... Um, that was the first thing that I had when we even just talked about doing this. That was my first, like, this is who, and that's why, like, if I didn't get punk in the draft, I would have been screwed. (laughs) 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 Like real, real, real screwed. Cause that was, that's all I had. And then once we drafted, uh, you know, other things kind of came to play and even, after week one, like I didn't, I mean, we kind of talked about it last week where I didn't use Kenny or a couple other people um, last week in week one, but I, I was just trying to figure out what I was going to do with them. Um, even, you know, as I was writing week two, but that, that stable was, is a foundation of chill haze. So if I didn't get punk, I was in real trouble. I wasn't so worried about Brody or Tommy end. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. They weren't on my, they weren't really on my radar. Either, no. <laughs> and that's perfectly fine. I, that, that's, yeah. I, I, I love what I you're doing. With the, I love what you're doing with Omega too. Kind of like big timing everybody, you know, he doesn't have to wrestle. People have to pay to see him. I really love that. That's a, a great kind of like cocky heel move. I, I wouldn't mind if he did that in, aw more often instead of just kind of being a goof sometimes but i love he's got a very interesting sense of humor yes he thinks it's the canadian in him (laughs) (laughs) he's got that very uh kids of the hall type (laughs) me yeah again it's entertaining but at the same time you're a lot funnier than you are And I have no problem with kids in the hall. I love that show. Of course, um, of course. You know, and, and Second City TV. You know, the Canadian, you know, there was a, their answer to SNL with, uh, was it John Candy and Eugene yep. Levy and Rick Moranis. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, Kenny Omega's no, no Rick Moranis. <laughs> no, I like him. I, I shouldn't, I guess it seems like I hate him. I actually really like him and like what he's doing, but sometimes he's just a bit of a goof. <laughs> <laughs> That's a. <laughs> That's a sense I never thought I would hear. Kenny Omega is no Rick Moranis. <laughs> I mean, Rick Moranis is no Kenny Omega either. You know, he doesn't have the wrestling <laughs> skills, I think. Oh, man. If we ever get to the point where we can make t-shirts for this podcast, that's the first one. <laughs> Kenny Omega is <Omega's laughs> no Rick Moranis. <laughs> oh, God. That's awesome. All right. Um <laughs> That was a good episode, man. And we're actually under an hour, so. That's perfect. This was kind of spot, right? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and end it. Thank you guys for uh, listening to World Wrestling Fermentation. Uh, Hope you enjoy it. And we will see you guys next week.